Today is in many days, in many ways, a day of disconnect. Fortunately, our God is never disconnected from us. 
and for that we give thanks. Our first reading today comes from Psalm 118, a psalm which is in many ways open-ended. It reminded the Hebrew people, perhaps, of their travels in the wilderness, and then in that second wilderness of the exile. Hopefully it will remind us that God is there in the wilderness of this exile. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches. Go up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Of course, our gospel reading today is Matthew's version of that entry into Jerusalem. When they had come near to Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with him, her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophets, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. When I was five years old, my mother took me to downtown Patterson, New Jersey to watch the motorcade of Dwight Eisenhower, who who was running for president. Well, there were lots of crowds, and it was very exciting. After all, who doesn't love a parade? And when his car came through, I cheered just as loudly as all the rest of them did. You know, the reality was, at five years old, I hadn't the foggiest idea who Dwight Eisenhower was. And I really had no idea what was going on. I have a suspicion that there were many in that crowd on Palm Sunday that were in the same place that I was back in 1951. Matthew tells us that Jesus went to great lengths to fulfill the words of the prophet Zechariah. You know, we're not used to the ways that things were back then. But normally when a king entered a city, the king came on a war horse symbolizing power, frequently military victory. And yet the prophet says that when the divine king comes, he will come humbly, sitting on the back of a donkey and her foal. Because the divine king comes to bring peace and reconciliation. I wonder how many in that crowd recognized that symbolism. Or did they just think, well, he's kind of a poor itinerant preacher and the donkey was all he could have. They shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means save us or help us. And many in that crowd, I'm sure, were literally crying out, save us, help us, get rid of the Romans, take this oppression off of our backs, make our life better. After all, they had known Jesus as a healer, a worker of miracles. And so that's what they expected of him. Besides, most of their scripture had led them to believe that the son of David would indeed come as 
a conquering hero. I don't think even the disciples, though Jesus had certainly told them often enough, recognized that as Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day, he was riding to an almost certain death. And I am certain that very few people in that crowd had the same expectations for Jesus that Jesus had for himself. Otherwise, how could just a few days later their cry turn to crucify him? That morning, they were probably excited about the parade. But somehow, I'm really afraid that for very few of them did that parade actually change their lives. There was a disconnect between what God was doing and what the people around Jesus saw and understood. I don't know about you, but I've been experiencing that disconnect this week. I happen to be one of those who watches the news. I also enjoy watching the press conferences, particularly Governor DeWine's. I do live in Ohio. (laughs) But you know what is really disconcerting is when in the middle of that, the ad breaks in. And suddenly you see this neighborhood gathered for a barbecue or folks gathered for a pool party. Disconnect. In a sense, this worship today is a disconnect. It's Palm Sunday, but there are no children's processionals waving palms. This week, there will be few gathered around the table to celebrate the Last Supper. I'm sure there will not be any processions of the cross on Good Friday. And many are even struggling with how in the world do we celebrate Easter. This is a holy week like none that we have ever seen before. And over and around it all is the threat of death. Not just for Jesus, but for us and for the people we love. So what does this parade mean to us today? For some, I'm sure, they are crying, save us, because they've lost hope. But for those of us 
who are really followers of Jesus, who know and understand what that parade was all about, who hear the story and know that God entered Jerusalem that day to suffer and die, but to bring peace and reconciliation. For those of us who know, we are convinced that God is still with us today, bringing peace and reconciliation. We may not have palms to wave today, but instead we can wave deeds of love and peace. I hope all of you have seen some of the parades that have been on television this week. The teachers up in Steubenville and I think in other places who drove through the streets to wave at their children, at their students. The parade of firefighters in honor of hospital personnel. The many, many parades of family outside a loved one's window with signs and smiles and waves. Those are gestures of peace and reconciliation. And they are things that any of us can do. You can call a friend, especially one who is alone. You can offer to shop for somebody who is more at risk than you are. And you can wear your mask when you go to the grocery store. In small ways and large, we can proclaim this Holy Week that in the midst of that same confusion which was abounding in the city of Jerusalem so long ago, God is here. God loves us. God cares for us. And God literally sends us out to be the church wherever we can. So sing today, Hosanna to the Son of David. Praise be to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.